Welcome to the Narrator Roundtable. I'm Lindsay Dorcas. In the coming weeks, our audience will learn a lot about the Narrator Roundtable's five rotating permanent hosts. But before we dive into the important and potentially contentious hot topics that we thought deserved our attention, let's get to know each of our hosts a little better. Joining me today is my co-host, Deanna Anthony. Deanna is a narrator I've only interacted with online and via video chat, but she has always been clearly a narrator to know. Whenever I spotted Deanna in a group chat or on Clubhouse or anywhere else, she was chiming in with something kind, insightful, or uplifting. Deanna always struck me as a straight shooter as well, and I always appreciated her perspective whenever it came up. Deanna's narration work covers a wide range of relevant, important nonfiction, as well as compelling sci-fi, literary fiction, and romance. I'm really excited to hear more about her approach to audiobooks from the woman herself. So, hello, Deanna. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> that was awesome. I love that intro. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to get you to write my bio. That was amazing. Great. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring it in. I feel like anytime I see a new book come out from you, I'm like, this is such a cool, like, current topic that I want to learn more about. Um, Mm, So that's really exciting to see. I've been very lucky with that because um, I'm a Pisces. Let me just Mm -hmm. um, preface with that. And I'm very much into energies and flows and, you know, messages from God in the universe. And I've basically gotten a lot of nonfiction books that hit me exactly where I am, what I care about, um, what I'm interested in, what I want to learn more about, what I'm activated about, Mm -hmm. what sometimes I don't have the words to say. So I'm able to say an author's words about those things. Like they really have been timely. Um, So I feel very blessed to be in that place, um, to talk about things and, and share information that I think is important. Awesome. Uh, so Deanna, where are you from? (laughs) Okay. Whatever that means to you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm, I'm an East coaster Mm -hmm. and, uh, I was born and raised in the South. People don't think Florida is the South, but it is. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Georgia and South Carolina as well. I have family there as well. Uh, But my family historically is part of the great migration to the North. And we still have a tradition of young people finishing um, high school and college and going to New York. And being a person who saw Debbie Allen on Fame, the movie (laughs) and the series, that's Mm -hmm. all I wanted to do was go to New York. And that's exactly what I did. Um, as a musical theater performer. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I was born and raised in the South. I still, (laughs) I remember everything from that time, but learning about life, becoming an adult, learning my profession and my business, I am New York bred. Mm -hmm. It's still in me, even though I live on the West Coast now, even though I'm an LA girl. Yeah. (laughs) So I kind of say that LA is like my vibe, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but with those hard learned lessons in the snow, 6 a.m., open calls, you know, the subway and concrete streets and, 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 you know, the wind blowing through the buildings, like that sort of thing. Oh my gosh. 
So yeah, yeah. no, thank God. The movie fame, that was formative. I was like, this is what it is to be an artist. This is what it looks like. <laughs> like yes. Yes. As a young person. Uh, so how did you get into audiobooks specifically? I had someone, um, a very dear friend named Jania. She told me actually a long time ago, like almost as early as like 2016, 2017, when I first came out to LA, she was like, you should really get into audiobooks. She was doing it. She was thriving on ACX. And I was doing so much theater and other things. I just didn't have time to set aside and do it, to even learn about it, really, um, yeah. because of the commitments I already had. So when COVID happened and lockdown happened, I was actually supposed to go on tour. I was getting ready to start a rehearsal process. We had done the premiere and everything here in LA, and we were taking a break and then we we're going to start up again, start up again mm -hmm. and boom, COVID. And nobody knew what was happening. Nobody knew how long it was going to be. Things had already been happening in New York, but LA was one of the last places to shut down. And I just saw the community come together on social media. There were so many coaches out here mm -hmm. and in New York who were online every day, pouring into the community, teaching the community and basically, that's how I got into audiobooks. The universe was like, you're going to stop procrastinating on this and you're going to do audiobooks. You have nothing but time, Deanna. <laughs> you said you were going to do it. So mm -hmm. guess what? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that really just became a time to concentrate on nothing mm -hmm. but learning the art of audiobooks and figuring out how to record from home learning about equipment, learning how to take everything I knew as an actor, even as a vocalist, and mm -hmm. turning those skills into what would be more appropriate for audiobook narration. Yeah. Yeah. That shift, yeah. I feel like, is important. Um, I know I, like, had to make that shift, too, of, like, I have all these other skills, and how do I, like, move them into this different medium? Yes, yes. Because I've been doing studio work, like singing and mm -hmm. commercials and things like that, um, and animation since I was 16. So to not have to project yeah. like that, <laughs> that was like the first thing I had to learn. I was like, ooh, that, you know, that's not it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really uh, having the opportunity to, at the same time, dive into the community. Like you say, mm -hmm. you and I don't have that one-on-one -on -one in person um connection yet uh yet. <laughs> but we've still been able to achieve a wonderful level of understanding i think and community and support mm -hmm. for one another strictly through online like i'm sorry like people are like i'm so tired of zoom i was like for what zoom works <laughs> i know people on the other side of the world because of zoom <laughs> what are you talking about so uh yeah, it was really a great time. And we were locked down a little bit longer than everyone mm -hmm. else because we didn't lock down until so much later. So that was almost an entire year mm -hmm. <laughs> of doing nothing but studying audiobooks. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was great. Nice. It was great. Well, we already talked a little bit about the kind of work you're known for, but I'd love to hear more about like how you see yourself as a like. What, what kind of work um, you love doing now and also maybe the kind of work that you're, you would love to do more of in the future. 
I would say identity wise, um, as a narrator, I do a lot of femme driven mm-hmm. projects. Um, I mean, I have a few that aren't, but those, those, those femme qualities that are there are strong. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? They're defined in whatever that experience is that they're having. Um, and I do have quite a bit that is authored um, by females. And, you know, I'm not mad about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I would love to do more work um, that's inclusive and representative of the world that I live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say me as a narrator, what I want to do more of is putting the work out there so more people can hear and see themselves in these stories, in these audiobooks. Um, kind of that thought process of like not leaving people behind because of trends and these sort of things. Um, kind of staying on topic, but not forgetting our history because mm-hmm. for some reason, it's repeating itself in a different way, in a different form. It is a repeat of history, people. Let me just say, it's a repeat of history. I'm having conversations about things that I didn't experience as a child that Mm -hmm. I'm remembering my grandparents going through, that I'm remembering my parents going through, who are a generation that went through desegregation. Mm -hmm. You know? So from sharecropping to desegregation, and I'm kind of like, see, this whole experience as a full-grown adult is completely different than all of the hopes and dreams that I was planting for myself when I was literally told I could do any and everything because America was for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's not where we're sitting today. So, like, I'm not afraid to share political points of view that are based in fact. Mm-hmm. Um. And same thing with historical history. I'm not a, I'm not really afraid to do that because I believe some things are being repeated because people don't know what our history is. Mm-hmm. They don't know enough information to know what has already happened um, to keep themselves out of the cycle of repeating it again. Yeah. No, that's a really good point that that, um, and a reason why that history and telling it in the compelling way that you do and your authors do is so essential to people being mm-hmm. able to recognize things in the current moment. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. And more times than not in each one of the historical nonfiction pieces, I actually mm-hmm. have quite a few uh, memoirs that are written in a creative nonfiction way. And that's mm-hmm. actually taking like accounts with real life people, whether at that point they were choosing to live their life authentically or not. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, if they weren't, it was a safety issue, you know, concerning Mm -hmm. why they were hiding certain things about themselves. So it's unspoken, unheard, hidden histories. Um, But sometimes, you know, what is being revealed is are things that actually have been buried Mm -hmm. um, and not by whoever that historical person was. So whether it was something that happened 20 years ago or something that happened 200 years ago, um, there are parallels. And that's what I'm finding interesting in a lot of the books, they're talking about something that happened 
you know, in the early 1900s, but it literally just happened on a college campus, you know, like two years ago. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff I, I feel Mm. and I care about sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always the best when the books you're working on are like speaking to you on that soul level. Yes. Yes. Well, speaking about the past and the present, uh, let's talk a little bit about the future. In each of these sort of get to know you episodes, we're focusing on a central question. And Deanna, I really wanted to talk with you about the future of audiobooks. Yes. Um, as somebody who's in, who's been in the industry for a certain amount of time now and is very involved, um, I'm curious both what you think the actual future might look like and also what your ideal future for audiobooks, if you could design it, what that would look like as well. <laughs> well, I have a couple of thoughts on things. Um, you know, we have artificial intelligence and the voicing, quote unquote, products that are being produced there. So that's that's a concern for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I think I would say to preface mm-hmm. is people having a little bit more thought of actions. So I know you've heard of thumb thugs, you know, the people who are willing to just tear and rip and, you know, rampage because if they don't have anything nice to say, or they're upset, like that's usually when people want to go on social media. That's usually when people want to leave reviews, you know, and all of that is subjective, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has different tastes and, and views and things like that. But I think a lot of times when people are leaving a review, whether it's for an audiobook or just for um, the collection of the written words, they're not thinking of the years that went into sometimes just the seed of making that piece. Mm. And sometimes your offhand comment that you decided to broadcast to the entire world may actually set in a slanted view on something where the reason you didn't like it is because, you know, this author looks like your ex-wife or, yeah, <laughs> you know, that narrator sounds like the high school boyfriend that broke your heart. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you're not really giving the piece or the person an opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Everybody's different. Everybody from the South doesn't have the same Southern accent. You know, everyone who speaks Spanish, those accents and dialects are not the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think if everybody puts a little bit more thought into reactions and receiving information, that things might change up a little bit. And that will help us in promoting work and being able to... um, introduce people to things that maybe they feel are outside of them, mm-hmm. but could still be of interest to them. So overall, I really believe in quality of work, quality of storytelling and quality of work. And I think the quality is there. Mm-hmm. As long as the expectations of the consumer don't change, we'll be fine. Yeah. It's when the expectation of the consumer changes and they actually want to purchase something different. They want to hear, they want to live, they want to experience something different. That's when we'll have a change. And I kind of want to use the COVID experience again to kind of back that up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting being a person who's been an actor since I was 16. I had those family dinners. I've had those telephone conversations where I've been asked what my next job is, where my family never understands that I don't know because part mm-hmm. of my work is to audition every day to get the next job. And I don't make the choice about what I get hired for. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's a cycle and you do it over and over again and they just don't get it. You can't just and march so, in there with your resume? Come on. <laughs> no, that's not no. how it works. And so when COVID happened and the shutdown happened, for all the times I was told or asked, when are you going to get a real job? Mm. What did you do? What did you do during COVID? Did you stream anything? Did you right. did you watch an entire series? Did you binge an entire series from your bedroom on your tablet? You know, and we're a little far removed from that and people aren't thinking about that. But audiobooks, the whole world of audiobooks, yes, it's publishing, but it's an art form. Mm. And it's so closely connected to things that people refuse to connect it to. Um, so I, I, I feel kind of confident to stand on if the consumers change their minds about what they want, then things mm-hmm. will alter. But if they mm-hmm. don't, then they won't because it is a business. And in this industry, if there's money to be made, which is why artificial intelligence even exists, <laughs> it's going to have a place. You know what I mean? But the minute that's not the case anymore, if it's actually more costly, yeah, things will change. Things will change. Yeah, that makes me think more too about I've I've seen some narrators trying to make more strides in terms of like recognize uh, recognizing narrators are sort of like hyping up the profile of narrators, whether hmm. it's like putting people's names on the cover or otherwise like trying to show their face more or be more public and present via social media and conferences and things. Um because it is it is an interesting part of media because we're not seeing the person reading to us um we for, we forget about them like i feel like if you talk to somebody who just listened to a 20 hour audiobook they might know the author's name you know and they might yes. have lots of good good or bad things to say about the narration you go oh who narrated it so many people I, who are not narrators will be like I, I don't know i don't remember it's like you just yes. hung out with that person for 20 hours <laughs> But think about it. When you're watching a film, Mm. right, when they're doing it, most people know maybe who wrote the film, who directed the film, and who starred in the film. But I feel like for me, like, I don't, I don't know who wrote the film a lot of the time. I maybe, but like, I feel like I know who starred in it, but I'm like, I don't know who wrote that. So it's opposite for me. But I'm saying it's in the credits though. I'm saying like in the order of the credits, like it's there. And that's kind of one of the things cohesively that we don't mm-hmm. have in audiobooks. Anytime, uh, you know, there's a posting promoting a book, you don't always, mm-hmm. even, even if there's a sample of the actual narrator's voice, <laughs> that narrator's name may not be anywhere in the post or in the article mm-hmm. <laughs> or the blurb or whatever it is. And I do, I find that very interesting. I mean, the covers, mm, that's kind of hard. I, I don't understand why that was never a thing in the first place. So I don't necessarily know what the solution is to change it. Um, because on an album, you would have all of that. Who produced it? Yeah. Who wrote it? Right. You know, 
so to me, it's it's all the same because I've worked in more than one of the creative fields, but publishing is a new animal. I'm still learning things every day. Yeah. And, um, you know, why is it everybody wants to refer to it differently? Like it's not standard narrated by or performed mm. by. Like sometimes it's read by. And then, mm-hmm. like we said, sometimes it's nothing. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, we always we always say our names in the credits, I think. Um, it's just funny how... No, we how, say our names in the credits, yeah. but you're saying like something written, like something there. And so, yeah, I... Yeah. Yeah. Because it's audiobooks. I think it's a little bit different if you're talking about the book um, in its written form, in its physical form, and that's where the review is coming from. But if it is the audiobook, the actual work that's being judged, usually in the audiobook, is the audio performance. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me when they talk about the performance, but not necessarily the person. Yeah. Who gave the performance. It's just interesting. It's just different. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, we do we do see those different variations though, right? Like, is it narrated by? Is it read by? And I mm-hmm. think that's old school, the read by. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh and and then now we have performed by as well. Mm-hmm. So So I now I'm curious about like you know, given that we're we're all sort of in our own little corner of this industry, if what does your ideal future look like? What would you like to see more of or less of or see change in, in this industry, like going forward into the future? Hmm, that's an interesting question. <laughs> um I I do I do like the collaboration process. Um mm-hmm where we do have the opportunity where we can work, you know, with multiple people, multiple teams to bring out. So that could be multicast, that could be duels, duets. Um, mm-hmm. That could literally be a publisher coming to a production company, coming to you. Um, or even a narrator subcontracting another narrator, right? Because mm-hmm. there's this one specific role where they're like, I really think somebody else would be great on this role. I, I think all of those things are great to really help us bring out whatever the truth is in mm-hmm. the story. Um, and I know authenticity is the word of the year, uh, but but to hold true to that, right? To what yeah. the author has actually written. So I really enjoy that. But on the other side, I also enjoy the freedom mm. to allow one person to LeVar Burton you into mm-hmm. this wonderful <laughs> world of a story and you're believing it and you're in it and you're, you know, you're rejoicing and celebrating and crying and, and feeling all the feels, you know, I, I like the, the diversity of the opportunity of performance that is available where a, an actor can literally do a one person show mm. in an audiobook, and people are happy for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think being supportive of what actually is working, what is uh producing wonderful quality, providing education, um I think if we're able to focus a little bit more on the positive aspects mm-hmm. of publishing and the audiobook world and and what we're actually able to be a part of and 
if not control, be part of changing mm-hmm. as opposed to focusing on the doomsday, this and that. I mean, <laughs> I feel <laughs> okay in saying if you as an individual can stand firm in your position of your skill set, mm-hmm. then you don't necessarily have to worry about AI. Like, what does mm-hmm. AI have that you do not have? And I think that's an individual thing, mm-hmm. you know, for where someone is sitting and where they see themselves in, in the same breath. I know that this is a business. <laughs> so that part of it, I can't control. I can't control mm-hmm. what a publisher is going to des- decide to do for their bottom line. And it's happened in other parts of the entertainment industry where we have no control over that. But mm-hmm. that industry still exists. Mm-hmm. So... I think this will always exist. I think this will always be here unless people just 100% decide that they're not going to read or listen to anything. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we have big we have bigger problems then. <laughs> but, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The repeat of history of things. And so mm-hmm. right now, I think if we really concentrate on what we can do, mm-hmm. it will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that I think that's a great I think that's a great attitude to face the future with. Yeah. Sure. I mean the variety is there, right? And some people mm-hmm. don't some that's not a thing for some people. Like some people don't like that. Some people literally like a chicken breast and kale salad <laughs> for every dinner. Sure. And you know. And some people are like, no, like sometimes I want everything to be, you know, the rainbow on my plate, you know, or I mm-hmm. want all of the pasta. Give me the carbs. Let me load up. So, so in this analogy, are you the pasta? Is that the? <laughs> I'm literally saying as long as my stomach doesn't talk to me after, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm not doing damage to myself in doing this work, mm-hmm. I'm good to do this work. Yeah. You know? Um, Because... In this work, I get to be myself. Mm-hmm. In this work, I get to celebrate and uplift, um, you know, people that I have known or people that I want to know. Um, and I've learned. I've learned so much. Um, so, yeah, I think it has to do with focus, with motivation. Um I also think it has to do with doing your research. Like if you're not going to stay in touch with what's happening, then I mean, you can be upset about it. I'm just saying, Uh but the more tapped in and resourceful you are in Uh keeping yourself informed on what's happening, because this is a business, Uh you know, if you're not doing it as a hobby, you're doing it as a business, um, then I think you'd be fine. Like there's a saying um, in the acting world, uh, be ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so do that. Yeah. I say for the future of audiobooks, do that. Be ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. <laughs> Stay ready all times. Stay ready. <laughs> Stay ready. Yeah. And, it, you know, everybody has their own levels. Everybody has their own skill sets. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I don't speak Swedish. Thanks. Um, sure. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't cook it. I've never been there. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Sweden. Um, you know, and there's people who can do that. There's people who can mm-hmm. do it wonderfully, you know, and I will enjoy their performances of it. 
But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I have to do it too, just because someone else is doing it. Yeah. But obviously your voice is incredibly valuable as it is. And we're so lucky to have you as a narrator in this community. And I'm I didn't know forward- I was going to get boosted during this. This is so <laughs> awesome. This is part of it. We're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a big love fest every episode um, but it. I'm so so excited to continue talking about and my cat is clearly also so excited <laughs> to continue uh, <laughs> talking with you more about audiobooks and audiobook artistry and the business of it and everything in between thank you so yeah. much Deanna uh, thank you for joining us for this introductory episode of the narrator roundtable If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere podcasts are available, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Audible. We have some incredible conversations about our industry and our craft that will be coming to you starting in January 2024. In the meantime, you can learn more about the podcast and find links to our social media at narratorroundtable.com. You can also submit your questions to our panel of hosts and guests. What's on your mind? We want to talk about it. The Narrator Roundtable is produced and hosted by Andre Santana, Deanna Anthony, Gail Shallon, Kurt Graves, and Lindsay Dorcas. All copywritten material is shared with permission. Music and sound effects are licensed through Storyblocks Audio. All opinions shared are those of the individuals and do not reflect the positions or policies of any company or organization with which they happen to be associated.